<laughs> hey. <laughs> That's it, That's did. what you got right at the beginning. <laughs> Brand new episode of Movie Schmovie. And as you can see, Ronald has had an energy adjustment. Oh, yeah. Since man. the last episode. I was, it's amazing what a Red Bull can do. <laughs> I was dead to the world. Right through yes. the anus. It just <laughs> right, right. goes right into the it, bloodstream of locker. People what? are taking stuff that way, right? Right up oh, the, Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right in the bow bung. Or up your nose or in your eye. Nope. Right in the bung. <laughs> Immediately to your bloodstream. I hear. Within seconds. Note to self. Note to self. Proven point, Ronald jumping off at the episode start mm-hmm. as opposed to 53. He's very excited for episode 54. Oh, yeah. As am I, because this is going to be hopefully the start of a long conversation, which um, I have no doubt probably will go beyond one episode. And that's going to be our discussion on remakes, the great remake debate. Uh, I like to call it episode one, <laughs> even though it's episode 54. Don't confuse yeah, that. Right. I think it's a saga worthy of that title. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a, a Twilight thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is Movie Schmovie episode 54, The Great Remake Debate, part one. Right. What kind of punctuation do we have in there? Is there colons, hyphens, <laughs> commas? I'm, I'm trying to get an inye in there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Twilight does not have an inye. Yeah. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> no, they don't. Right. <clears throat> How's everybody yeah. doing? I hope everybody's doing okay. I, I personally am good. Yeah. I'm feeling fine myself. Good. I'm glad that you're doing good. You well, as well, my friend. Well, I'm glad that you guys are doing well. <clears throat> um. So uh, apparently we're going to talk about some movies that we have seen. Yeah, we kind of do this catch up every yeah, episode before we get up. into the, the remake. Um, John and I actually saw a pretty, in my opinion, a pretty amazing documentary that I wanted to see in the summer. Never opened here. <clears throat> but it's called The Imposter. Um, it comes out on DVD, actually, I think next month. But we were fortunate enough to get a copy of it to check out for the show. Um, I, don't, I don't even know what to say about this film. I mean, it's a, it's a story. It happened in 93. A little boy, 13-year-old, goes missing. Uh, three or four years go by. The family gets a call from, uh, I guess, the Spanish police uh, mm-hmm. officer saying that somebody had been found claiming to be the child, you know, as a... Seven, what would have been or should have been a 17 or 16 year old kid and uh you know you kind of just go along for this ride of of this person who basically was an imposter you know this is a guy who was um obviously older than that didn't share really many physical qualities of the kid or what the kid may have looked yeah. like at that age pretty pretty I amazing mean, he was dark haired brown eyed and, the, know, and the kid had strong these, accent kid had these piercing blue eyes and was yeah. a blonde haired kid and kind of yeah. a, kind of a skinny faced kid yeah. and this guy had like a round face and <laughs> And like a, a a different jawline and brown eyes. I mean, everything about this guy was was different. Right, right. There's no way that you know this guy was the kid. I mean, you watch the film and you say there's no way, but I mean, you you then talk, you you hear uh, interviews with like uh, federal agents and attorneys and dis- assistant attorneys who went there to see this person and to interview the person to clear them to come back to the states. The family member mm-hmm. went there to talk to them. And, you know, you don't you either believe that they just wanted to believe it so badly that they just went along with it, the, right. specifically the family member. Yeah, apparently nobody was holding up a picture of the of the kid who disappeared <laughs> and looking at it next to the guy. Well, thankfully, I guess in 96 or 97, when a fax came through of what the kid looked like, I guess that printer was vague enough that <laughs> yeah, I guess right. it passed. <laughs> but, yeah, so, I mean, this guy comes back to the States and lives with this family for a number of months before, you know, he it's found out that it's not that kid. Um, and you know, the documentary, I think does a really great job of kind of mixing in, you know, the actual interviews with the, with the participants and, you know, I guess shot footage of reenactments of, of what happened. Um, just a really cool film, really well made, very creepy in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, it kind of reminded me a little bit, I mean, not so much in the context, but like the paradise lost documentaries about the, the West Memphis three, like, which I'm a huge fan of. 
Um, just like it gets to a point where it's just presenting you with a lot of information. And, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of makes me like go on that detective mode. And that's where it kind of turns into a thriller and kind of a mystery to me. Mm-hmm. And and the last 20 minutes genuinely creeped me out. I mean, like uh, to the point where I was very upset watching the movie and angry and just it kind of I ran the gamut of emotions wondering, you know, what happened to this kid? If the, mm-hmm. you know this guy, obviously, I knew he wasn't the kid. Yeah, and, and it's also like that's the premise from the outset. So at no point really are you watching this movie wondering if this, if this, if the kid was ever really found. You, we know the guy's an imposter, mm. so it's not really a spoiler to say, you know, that that you come to understand more and more about the the reason that this guy did this thing. That's kind of hard to understand. Um, but it still raises a lot of questions that it doesn't really resolve. And, and normally I would think that would make it kind of frustrating. Um, but it, it kind of feels like it's part of just the, the overall flow of life. Like you, you, you feel like maybe there's a few facts kind of hovering around the edge of this story that we don't know that would make a lot of things make sense. Clear, but, yeah. Um, and I don't know, maybe if there's, I think that the way the movie kind of takes on the personality of the, the, the imposter and you kind of get inside his head it, you know, it, the movie pulls a little bit of a con on you based on you kind of taking certain things he says at face value and then later finding out maybe there's more to that. I think that it has like legitimate twists in it, which is not always the yeah. case for a for a documentary. Absolutely. And, you know, you're kind of left. And, and I think one of the other accomplishments with the filmmaker is that, you know, it's kind of when you talk about those facts that are kind of sitting around the outside of the story, some are given to you, some are not. But or some you wonder if if they're out there, but I mean, you kind of are left. You're you're kind of left with like seeing, I guess, some insight into this person who was the imposter that makes you say, you know, is this guy just absolutely crazy? Yes, maybe, you know. But then there's a whole other side thing that's presented in the last twenty minutes, which is what I'm referring to. I don't want to kind yeah. of ruin anything. Well, I mean, if the, if the if if you could say it hinges on the question of how could you mistake yes someone who is not your son or your brother or your your friend yes. your how could you mistake someone who was not them for them, even if they had been gone for a few years? Right. And even if it had been during those ages where, you know, maybe between 14 and 17, a lot of people do really change. change but lot, even yeah. within that, like, I think the, the question that you have in your head from the beginning of the movie is exactly the question that the movie is kind of most concerned with. And honestly, which is talking about, about it the now, family. talking about it now, it's like literally I'm getting yeah. cold chills a little bit because it bothered me so much. There's like a period of two minutes in the movie where it really jumps on the idea of what the family could have possibly thought about this person that would have brought, you know, this guy back and welcomed them into his, into their home or Mm -hmm. him into their home, you know, and you question a lot of things and it just was probably in in two minutes of film, the most captivated I was all year. I just kind of wondering like, Oh my God, that's so, how did that happen? You know what I mean? I think after seeing this movie, you'll you'll look at people's ears more. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I also thought that we see perhaps the least curious uh, FBI uh, agent oh, yeah. of all time. A woman. There's several points where <laughs> she just basically sort of says, well, who's going to ask somebody that question? Well, who's going to ask a family a question? If Who's going to take – if someone says that's their, their relative, who's going to question that? And I'm thinking like, oh, I don't know, maybe an FBI agent <laughs> is going to question that's that. Good job. But, um, but yeah, I mean, the, the, there are characters yeah. um, in this movie. And it almost reminded me – I kept finding myself thinking, what is this reminding me of? And it was Bernie. Yeah. Just in the sense that you have these kind of small town, it's a Texas town, you get the feeling that these aren't, um, they're not like the worldliest people, but sure. they're not like dullards. I mean, it, right. yeah. it, it, I don't know. I think that there's an interesting, 
there's an interesting dynamic as far as you kind of feel like you are, you spend part of the movie feeling a little bit smarter than the people on screen going, well, I would never fall for that. Well, I would never do that. But in the end, you never, you don't really know what you might, what your heart might want you to believe if you thought someone that you had lost was back. I mean, you could question if it's manipulative or not, the way that it would coax you into thinking maybe you had seen some stuff happen for a fact that really was just someone's narration. But the reenactments are really well done. Mm -hmm. They're really well shot. Um, and I don't know, overall, I think, yeah, the, the creepiness of it is the thing that I wasn't re- really expecting to work. Uh, you know, yeah. it's, it's rare that a documentary creeps you out like that. Is like catfish creepy? Uh, that's what I was say. Like oh, a lot, man, I would catfish. probably compare it to <clears throat> catfish, like okay. the real world element of what actually is, exists in the world that we live in. Right. You know, like sometimes the scariest things are these documentaries that you watch, but you, you know, you can watch a horror movie and it might freak you out, but these things kind of scare me a yeah, little more. Yeah, it's like, mm-hmm. I mean, this is a moment, like in a, there's a moment in this film where you kind of, I, I experienced genuine, like, Possibly genuine dis- disgust, creep, whatever yeah. you want to call it. But I would absolutely, I mean, this is a must-see film in my opinion. It'll, you know, it will be on my top ten unless I see some other amazing films this year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you have to see it, Ronald. You would absolutely love it. I'll definitely check it out. Um, it comes on DVD in January for listeners that want to check it out. Um, you may be able to find it out there in the interwebs. I would say recommended if you like the films of Errol Morris mm-hmm. and if you like this uh, go on and check out the Thin Blue Line, which is a documentary yeah, by really Errol great. Morris. It reminds me of the in the, the sense of the style because it takes like you know footage from the news and and interviews with the real people involved, but it also has very stylized uh, like the way the reenactments are filmed is very artfully done. It's like right. I, and I kept I don't know if you had this thought, Steve, but I kept thinking. Um, and actually, it's sort of germane to our conversation about remakes. But I kept thinking someone could totally make a great two hour thriller Absolutely. out of this and i'm in a way i'm glad that we got to see the documentary version but this story would be perfect for a really tight thriller well they they, they actually did make a feature film on this based on this story like really? i think in the nine late 90s early 2000s oh, okay. with uh, ellen barkin and it called like the chameleon which is on netflix but it's a it's it's apparently horrible well, I scratch what i said I about it being a... <laughs> <laughs> i haven't seen it but a friend of mine really? mentioned it to me after i recommended this story to them because i never even really heard this story before you know about this kid going missing i mean i would have been in I guess middle high school during mm-hmm. the time. I know I don't recall it at all, but um, she had referenced it and, and told me that she had seen this this chameleon film, but that it was it was a horrible film. I mean, so just strike that. Yeah. Don't go see, see the see the imposter. I'd I'd highly recommend it. And uh, yeah, and somebody else out there uh, write a screenplay based on this. That's that's not shitty. Apparently, <laughs> challenge accepted. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you got? I know you saw a couple random ones, right, Ron? Yeah. What, what's, so, what's on your um, plate? I saw. Uh, documentary, um, a porn documentary, actually. And surprise, surprise. No, no, Ronald, no, <laughs> you're not about to tell us that in your mind, all porn is a documentary. Uh, no, no, this is actually a legitimate okay. documentary called okay. After Porn Ends. It came out this year, it was released around October 9th. I saw it actually on demand on YouTube. Um, it's basically about uh, 10 or so porn stars, uh, it basically documents their lives, um, after porn. Um, and it's it's a pretty solid movie. Um, I, I had an interest in porn for a very long time, but there was actually a series. There's actually this amazing series of porn called The Dark Side of Porn. And you're um, a pornsman. Yeah, there's one called Porn Shutdown. I don't know if you ever you've ever seen that. It was about the shutdown in 2004 of the porn industry. It's really really good. A really good movie. I think because you think about. Like, 
people that do porn in another light, and like it's it's weird to see. And like, they seem to usually do it in harsh lighting. Yeah, yeah it's usually not that <laughs> After well. After porn ends, it's kind of not very flattering. Yeah, it kind of highlights like basically how we demonize people that are in professions that aren't necessarily uh, morally wow, upright. <laughs> it was like morally <laughs> upright. Dead air. The thing is, I thought of three words you might have been going for. <laughs> Reputable. Uh, right. Above ground. So uh, it's, 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 inter- it's an interesting movie. Um, and then the other one I saw was a very, very good movie um, starring Chow Yun-Fat called When Bullets Fly. And um, that is that came out 2010. It takes place in the 1920s in China about a, um, a gangster called Pucky Zhang. And Pucky Zhang um, basically uh, travels the world and steals things. Um, now, he tries to steal uh, some money and winds up robbing a guy that's impersonating a governor uh, that's going into this town. So he poses as the governor and... Um, Chow Yun-Fat's character, Master Hung, um, is like a crooked guy that basically anybody that tries to go into power, if they don't follow him, he kills them. And so he gets into the situation where Pocky uh, imitates the governor. He's being he's posing as the governor and is faced with a crooked guy played by Chow Yun-Fat that wants to kill him just because he's uh, the governor. It's a really good movie. Shot beautifully. Um... I suggest seeing it. Uh, let 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 the bullets fly. Lots of shooting. Very cool movie. Cool. And that so, was called what? Let the bullets fly. Oh, let's, I, I thought that was just I your thought comment. that was your like tag for the end. <laughs> yeah, of it. I really did. I was like, wow, that's a very poetic. <laughs> <comment."> <laughs> yeah. Right, that would have been pretty. Let the bullets fly. The Bam. Bullet. Bam. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, those are the movies that I saw. I saw a small uh, little indie film. Little right? indie yeah. film. Yeah. Is, does it have distribution or? Did you... Uh, you know, I don't know. I think. I think this is going to get a little bit of like word of mouth and a, like a little bit of a media push maybe uh, coming coming out of the holidays. But I saw a little film called The Hobbit, um, and uh, yeah, man, you know, I I, <laughs> I think that it's interesting because so much of the conversation about this movie, at least at first, is going to be about the technology. It's going to be about the frame rate. Okay, which I'm surprised at how many people know about the frame rate. Mm-hmm. Like people that don't care about these things, it's become part of the story. You know what I mean? Right. And Do you, um, you think it's you think well his because at least every conversation I've I've had or heard mm-hmm. has had something to do with I'm going to seek out this version because like this is a movie that you can go see uh, in 48 frames per second 48 mm-hmm. frames per second in 3D 48 frames per second in 3D IMAX 24 frames per second 3D 24 frames per second 2D wow, I mean so. there's so many different ways of seeing this movie how did you see it um, I. I don't know how big the screen uh, at Arundel Mills is. I don't know if it's quite as big as like the the junior IMAX screen at the White Marsh uh, Theater, <laughs> mm-hmm. but um, you know it was one. It was a big screen. It was the biggest yeah, yeah. screen they yeah, had, so it may have been one of those kind of IMAX experience, uh, like fifty foot screens, um, and it was definitely forty eight frames per second. However, it was not marketed as such, oh. and it wasn't announced as such. So I really had to realize it. And I knew I knew what it was. I was like, this looks different. I mean, it definitely the first 15, 20 minutes, I was thinking, this looks extremely different than anything I've seen. Not necessarily better, just different. I mean, it, it's 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 weird, man. It's very weird. Does it like feel like when you go from like 60 to 120 refresh yeah, on the TV? That's strange. That 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 
bothers me. It, it reminds like, me of that. Yes, because you turn that filter off. You know, you're like turn it off. Yeah, I I do mess with that setting a lot. It's like <sighs> certain things I don't like watching. Like it's that. like watching it on a camcorder. It looks well, like you're watching like a bad soap opera. Well, it, like it, the way those shits. It look. has the effect yeah. of making it look kind of hyper real. And I I don't it know. Does. I guess the reason I mentioned that this is even worth talking about is because this is making it into the way this movie's being reported. You know, mm-hmm. people are talking about this aspect of it, and I think is it like the cover up the fact that the movie's not that good. I don't think so. I mean, I think in a weird way, the movie, like I found myself wanting to, I mean, I probably would see it again anyway, just because Mm. I'm a Tolkien fan. And so like the movie only has to be so good to make me not hate it. You know, I I may have been a little disappointed in the movie. It didn't totally relaunch the excitement uh, for the series, like the way Fellowship of the Ring did. But it had certain things about it that were better. Like I found, I think the casting, I mean, just to talk about the things that really worked, we all know how great Ian McKellen is in that role. Well, he he was fantastic in this. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's playing the version of Gandalf that's in the first film before he dies and comes back. So he's a little bit more fun and kind of, you know, he's more emotional and kind of grumpy and he's a pretty interesting character. And then Martin Freeman uh, in the lead is pretty terrific. I mean, about the best Hobbit casting they've had thus far in these movies because he's got just that right level of kind of he's british and he's kind of, you know he really seems like he he doesn't want to be bothered by things but he, you know he's he's not uh he's not he doesn't play it as like comic relief necessarily but martin freeman's really great he's really funny um and then there's like 12 dwarf characters that are a little hard to tell apart but there's some you know they're funny i mean there's really nothing fundamentally wrong with the movie it might be it's a little long there's some really bad cg and it, I'm really oh, sad to say. That's weird. Really bad. Why? I, it's tough to say. I mean, there's some scenes where it's like pixels chasing pixels, and you are you are motivated. There's nothing in it that's as bad as Jar Jar Binks, and there's nothing in it that's as bad as Jake Lloyd's acting. So this is no, you know, this is not that. This is not coming back, re- okay. returning to the series with a bad movie. This is this is not a bad movie. Right. This is a movie that if it were, I mean, uh, if you knocked about 20 minutes out of it, it would probably go up. A letter grade. I would. Wow. Probably, okay. Wow. I would probably peg it as like a B minus. You know, but that's being charitable. That's me. That's me loving Tolkien and saying mm. this movie did not disappoint mm. in certain areas. B still pretty high though. You know, I, but as a fan of the, I don't right. know. I well, mean, well, I mean, I think the things about it that they didn't. Have you ever been watching a movie and you're watching and like you go through phases where you go, oh, I'm really not liking this. Ugh, God, this is not going well. And then, yeah. then you sort of forget that you felt that way. And then yeah. you kind of get I, that happened to me two or three times oh. in this movie. So in the end, it ends on kind of a high note. There's a pretty good action scene near the end. And overall, I would say the look of it is really, you know, I mean, we know from those original movies that they can they've they've got a handle on this world. So it, it it's not like uniformly bad. There's actually some really good computer generated imagery like Gollum looks amazing. He really looks real and physical. And there's some other CG where it's just like, you know, the way it, things can look like they're kind of gliding. Yeah. Or like they shot a plate and they didn't know exactly what they were going to put into that plate. And then later they came in. I mean, I feel like that's what it felt kind of, it had that Lucasy problem of the, just a lot of CG thrown in, it seemed. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, it still fits in with that world. I would say that it's like if, if you're a fan of the other trilogy, I don't see anything that would make you hate this movie but i kept the one thing i wrote down in my notes was there's nothing to win you over either like there's nothing if you didn't like it already no one's going to be converted by anything in this movie and that's maybe fine i mean it was a packed house uh i actually talked to a friend of mine who was at the same screening and my perception was that the humor in the movie was landing pretty well and people around me were really just chuckling it up 
But his perception a little deeper into the crowd was that nobody was laughing at the jokes. Uh, so I thought, well, okay, we have differing opinion about that. Maybe maybe the people around me were just you know soft touches when it comes to the the silly humor. But um, I, I expect that you're going to hear a lot of different specific opinions about this movie. But I don't think you're going to hear anybody just raving about how great it is, or conversely talking about how it completely sucks, you know? Right, right. And I will say maybe on the hopeful tip, it does feel like they're revving up, like at the end of this movie, the things they've developed and established in this, it easily feels like the next movie could be amazing. I mean, there's nothing, like I said, there's nothing about this that sinks the trilogy or sinks the plans they have for the movie. It's just, I was hoping to be, uh, you know, I was hoping there to be a little bit more magic and it wasn't quite Sounds like it's just me. It's man with a lot of really strong elements, though. Okay, so it's gotcha. like I, I hesitate to. I mean, I really don't want to undersell it, but maybe it's good if you hear this, you might go and you'll go. Oh, this is really not so bad. Right. Um, yeah, I, it's amazing to picture though how much just the look of the film might have affected my feeling about. It. Like if I had not, I don't know if the if the twenty four frames per second presentation, if the c- computer generated stuff would have looked better or worse. I have no idea. So mm. I, it's, it's almost, I almost want to hold off on you know final verdict until I've seen it. Again, I, 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 on the other side of that, I think it's almost a cool thing that Peter Jackson, I mean, as, as much as I kind of wish he didn't do it with this movie, I think it's a cool thing that he has decided he's going to make the conversation about the technology. I mean, they're talking about pushing the technology forward. I mean, maybe in a few years, this won't be such an odd thing and they will have learned yeah. how to light for it a little bit more. Because that's right. the one thing was the sets look kind of everything looks a little more fake because it's more hyper real. Um, and in this, there were some scenes where it almost looked like Benny Hill. It was like <laughs> jittery and kind of sped up. Really? And some parts, some of the CG actually, it made it look like, like a video game cutscene in a couple of parts Aww. where you just felt like, which, you know, video game cutscenes have gotten really cool. They have. But still, you expect yeah. more from, you it's, know, it's, from Weta. You have to, that's the problem with the, the high frame rate and stuff like that, high definition and all that stuff, is that when you see a movie now, it can look horrible. When you see a, a movie with some CG, it looks terrible if it's, you know, if light isn't accounted for, if it's just bad CG, just, you don't want that. You don't want the shittiness when it comes to the high definition. Well, so. I think you're right that the new technology always kind of dates a little bit, yeah. you know? Like, if you see a movie, the, like, I saw a clip from Jurassic Park yeah. not too long ago, and I have, up until I saw this, thought, you know, Jurassic Park is one of those movies that's still kind of untouchable. But some of the CG in that really looks yeah. that's supposed 20 to be years old now. Polishing that and putting it... Supposed to be doing a 3D. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think yeah. it's... I think that's a mistake. <laughs> well, and, and just to kind of um, put a little bit of a bow on it, too, I, I, I think that, you know, this is the type that... You'll be happy to know, Ronald, that there is a moment where somebody says, No! <laughs> It is, a, I it can't is with reverb and a little bit of slow mo. Really, you do get that. Oh, I can't wait to see that. But you know what? The thing is, Peter Jackson's working with a with a good story mm-hmm. and a script that's actually pretty good, and a lot of really good actors, and they do have great set. I mean, there's still all the things that that were there before, and so yeah, I don't anticipate uh, I don't anticipate there being a huge backlash against this. But right. but I do think. Uh, you know, if you were if you were expecting it, I mean, if if you were a big fan of the other three, I don't know, were, were you? Did you enjoy the other three? I did. Yeah, I did. So I mean, I'll give it a chance. It just looks a little more goofy than the other ones. It's definitely that. Yeah, if that is something that's scaring you. Like off, a Disney that, that, bird. That's what Disney like bothered me when we talked about it, like with the kind of want to see episode we had a little while yeah. ago. Like, I did not get excited about the trailer, like the first trailer that came out, especially where 
the entire trailer was just like the the humor between all of the hobbits and the elves and whatever yeah. you know and that just i don't know that just didn't it felt do it like for a me. disney movie man it like did it felt very very mild and tamed and yeah. and i mean Maybe that's what this well, section of it is, but I, it is, and I think maybe that's a problem with where they being, broke it up. With it being so long, is that it really does not seem the story in the book is a lot of fun, but it's not really. I don't know if it can really stand up to being stretched out. Yeah. You know, using the word goofy, like I wouldn't quite go that. I would say whimsical, but I think we're talking about the same thing. Yeah. Like, I think that yeah. what what I think that's that true. there's a high whimsy content. Goofy sounds harsh. Yeah, but I mean, I think that right. if you don't go for whimsy, you think of it as goofy, and you yeah. might not be a guy who goes for whimsy. Like the, it's a the Hobbit. The story of it is a very. It's like set in the same world, but it's before things start to go bad. Mm-hmm. And one of the kind of cool things that's happening in this movie is they are indicating like. This world doesn't know it's about to go bad, but there's all these little touches and little hints that there's an evil growing. So there is something, there are stakes. And I'm fine with the fact that the mission is really like, it's it's not a mission to save the world. I'm fine that the fact that these characters are going on more of an adventure. But it's still like, yeah, it didn't need to be, didn't need to be almost three hours. And it didn't need to be, like, it seemed like it had CG in places where they didn't really need to do CG. That's yeah. my problem with it. And I guess I wanted the CG to look 10 years better than than Return of the King. Right. But it doesn't. It looks it looks almost the same, if not not quite as good. Mm. So, <laughs> I don't know. I wish I was more excited. I definitely still am looking forward to seeing it. I, I wish I could have gone with you, but... I, I don't just, want to sound even down on it. It's just, I it's mean, not, it's not just you, honestly. Yeah. I've, I've talked to some friends that saw it and, you know, some trade screenings, exhibitor screenings that just weren't wild about it at all. Yeah. That were very, and and some, some are like big fans of Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit and Tolkien, but, and even those that weren't, I mean, I haven't heard any, I haven't gotten any feedback that was like very positive. Yeah. It's all been kind of like mixed positive, if that. Which, you know, kind of what I was expecting, but I wish I was more excited about it. Um, This is very random, but there are two people from the show Spartacus in it. Um, Jeffrey Thomas and Manu Bennett. I don't know. Who's Manu Bennett? He's uh, Azog. Oh. Yeah. So he's doing the voice. Yeah, I guess so. Azog is like a... um, a, a, an all CG character. Oh, okay. but he does have like a, a gravelly gotcha. voice. But. And I like that guy, Manny Bennett. I'm a big yeah. fan of his. Um, but that's you went out on a limb with that. But I want to tell you, I like Manu Bennett too. Yeah, he's really great. He Crixus. actually is. Steve, you're you're totally left out of this, <laughs> unless you happen to watch Spartacus. Do you like watching sweaty guys in loincloths? I don't watch. Oh, it's so good. Um, it. I like Crixus a lot on that show because he started off as a character that you genuinely hate and yeah. turned into a character that you genuinely love. He became like, such a likable person. And I like that they committed to it for like two seasons. It's TV Schmeevy. You're right. This guy's going to be a dickhead for two seasons. And then yeah. he's like great all of a sudden. Yeah. That was pretty cool. <laughs> Man, Spartacus. I'll, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> you need to watch that. I will. I will. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll probably still see the hobbit so yeah I'm, I'm a little bummed out i i, I was hoping you were going to come back and be like it was amazing because i was looking for that one person to kind of give me hope to say you were wrong this is going to be awesome but yeah okay uh um, maybe robbie reed yeah robbie, robbie reed. reed he's probably like oh man he he'll 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 sing its praises definitely so are we good to, are we good to start this now can we can we transition yes whatever are you talking about steve oh you know what i'm talking about <laughs> this has been 54 episodes in the making ronald could this be? It is. The great remake debate. Episode one. <laughs> so it's no it's no secret. We always go back and forth about remakes. Uh you generally against 
me yeah. generally for. Yeah. Um, and you know, we're going to finally have the ability to talk about that beyond Are just we? a little a mention here and there. Are we? You know, usually it's kind of over overshadowed by the film that we're talking about. <laughs> right. we this is more about, about the topic, you know. Good. Yeah. So, Steve, if you have, uh, I mean, I understand you have like an opening statement you want to make before well, we I get just, into the debate. My biggest thing that I want to say, we'll go back and forth, and we have our films we're going to talk about. Is that my general stance? I'm going to put it out there now. I'm not beating around any bushes. Mm-hmm. I'm say right now. All said and done, I'm always going to be for a remake, even if it's a protected property that's 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 gold. That's you know like the gem of somebody's whatever. Like it's like the favorite movie of all time. My reason for that is because that film, when it came out, when it was initially received was amazing. And like, you know, some of these films may hold up over time, some of them may not. You know, we've talked about films in the past that have said, you know, I don't know, I, I the first thing that comes to mind is like, you know, we talk about like Goonies, you know, and like, you know, when we were younger, when you first saw it, it was it, it was great and it was like your favorite movie of all time and then years later now, it's still a really cool film but doesn't hold up. Yeah. You know, I would say that the benefit of always being open into a remake in my in my exposure to them mm-hmm. is that it reintroduces the idea or the story to a new generation or to a new audience whether it's a audience that is you know like we talk about foreign films mm-hmm. you know we talk about films that are years and years old or whatever it might be or films that were like little indie hits that were like you know protected that people were like this is like a really small film that's a cult film that nobody knows about then gets remade and maybe a large hit Okay. I I just my my general thing is that I think the idea is that it reintroduces and it broadens an audience, and I'm always for that. So that's that's kind of like okay. My biggest I want to put so, that out there. So there there are many things that have existed in the past and have come back to haunt us: bell bottoms, um, measles. Um, I don't know, man. There's a bunch of things that that just shouldn't come back, and and I feel like movies. But th- shouldn't shouldn't come back? Why shouldn't come? Your back, examples that you just gave me shouldn't come back. Shouldn't come back because were just measles like, ever good? No, in in some of those movies weren't good. Here's the problem. But but wait 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 so. I have a soundboard here that we're gonna use. Just wow, like, that is high tech. I like that. So for instance, things get a little tough. You know, it's time, I like that. It's time to like take okay. a breath. I like these. Settle back effects. down in your chairs. So what I was gonna say was just, uh, I think they're. Re- I'm sorry, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> remakes. You got too heated there. <laughs> remakes are just a bad idea. This is why I think that as a, as a culture, as a culture, we have lessened our amount of original movies, and it just feeds into this idea that we are a group of idiots that that only capitalize on prior franchises that we already have it's it just if it's done well though it can work but a, a large well that comment if it's done well it can work why would you ever want to stunt that possibility because it, the ratio you know this ratio it's like for every 10 remakes half of them a, a quarter of those are even reasonably good maybe one out of 10 are actually decent but what's to lose What's to lose? My sanity. Then don't watch them. Then don't watch. What do you mean? I'm a moviegoer. But if you don't like the idea of a remake and you have a film that, you know, was great or wasn't great or whatever, and you know a remake's coming out that you are against 
or that you think is going to be just as bad as the original if it was a bad film. You know what? You know what else? Why? Gets why, me? why waste your time? On reimagining. It? How do you feel what's about worse, What's worse, Ronald? A remake? A reboot? A reimagining or a readaptation? Man, reboots. I think reboots are the worst. I think reboots because the idea is you you think, oh man, they're gonna start this over again and it's gonna be just as shitty as it was before. And the only reboot that I've ever seen that's really worked for me was Batman. What about X Men First Class? Is that a reboot? I would call that a reboot. That seems feels like more like a reimagining. It's a different world. Reimagining? It's the same world. I got news for you, Ronald. The, mm-hmm. They're doing a new movie that has uh, Fassbender and McAvoy and uh, McKellen and Stewart playing the same characters. Oh different, yeah, different time yeah, periods. they are playing. So they are they are bringing it in universe. So I would say it, it's it's neither it's not a re anything. It's just right? another just chapter. A, well, in the, I mean, but in the saga. Yeah, let, let's can we talk about more movies? And this is just this year. And that was the nerdiest aside I possibly yeah, I think, could have I made. Think, yeah, that's a good point. And that, can I give you another one from this year? Yeah. Total Recall. Oh no! You see, but like, here's here it is. I agree with you that that remake was a bad film. Give me a good one. A good remake. Yeah. Let me in. Okay. Dawn when did that come? Dawn out of the again? Dead. Okay. See, that, this this is the point. I, I don't think that we really are in so much disagreement. I I just think that I am more. So you, you want them to occur. This is the thing. Yeah, because I think it's nothing. We're not losing anything. I hate to. St- I think if you even trace it down, like the fact that they're making remakes, hey, people got jobs doing these, okay? Right. We're creating jobs for this economy. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> All right? I'm there's, there's lots of other movies that could be. But that's what I'm saying, though. If, but those movies, may, I, I understand okay. that. Those movies may not be getting made, but right. we don't know what those films are. If, if from this creative <laughs> coitus, we get a remake baby, put that condom on. Protect that. I don't want to see any remakes done. I don't think they're ridiculous. Remakes, reimagining suck. Also, death at a funeral. Terrible fuck. Agreed. Movie. Horrible remake. I'm One not going to argue Ronald, that. Ronald, I've got a question Godzilla. for you. And you've got, I'm going to give you two minutes sure. to answer. And okay. I'm going to give Steve a minute to rebut. All right. Mm-hmm. So, the question is, what would be a valid reason to remake something? What would be a valid reason? That is a really good... Yeah, because you're asking me the opposite of what I feel. And to that, sir, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think deeply about this. So I think a reason to make it. If if the original creator is, has some hand in it, and I'm not talking about executive producing. If the person that wrote the original movie is rewriting, the, it has some hand in the remake, I would respect that a lot more than a goddamn random person, some 20-something-year-old jackass that's going to ruin the franchise. That's that's what I'll accept. So so it's a franchise. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be a franchise. It has to be something where the where the original writer has some hand in it. Because it, the, 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 <clears throat> the life, I feel like the life of the, of the, the story all, often gets sucked out of it. And then what happens a lot of the times, especially with like Spider-Man and stuff like that, it visually was impressive, but what happens is people forget about the things that make the character cool, and they just highlight these weird, strange things. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Never actually ran out of time on that. Maybe two minutes is too long. We'll have to reconsider that. <laughs> Maybe a minute next time. Okay, so basically my, my rebuttal to that would be, I think that having to have the original creator involved could could really stunt any kind of newness that could be added to this whole idea. 
I think that having to have your hand in it almost makes me feel like some of the problems that people have with the new Star Wars films and that we even talked about having, you know, the new sequels that are coming out, even though they're not remakes. But I think it's an example of taking somebody like George Lucas out of it who may not be adding anything anymore to these films. I think when he... I talk about when I talk about a remake, I'm thinking, you know, if there's a film that came out and it's being remade, having to require, you know, George Romero having involvement in the Dawn of the Dead remake that Zack Snyder made, that would overshadow his ability to create a new spin on it. You know, the the the, the creator of the zombie film overseeing your remake of his movie, I mean, I'd be intimidated. It would definitely probably stunt his creative whatever he ha- added to the film. I mean, I get where you're coming with it. I just think that it would be unnecessary to always have somebody's hand in something that they've already done. If you're remaking something, add something new. All right, Mr. Ritter. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> I do have a question for you now, though, Steve. How would you feel if someone remade a shallow version of your favorite film and you subsequently heard a person half your age say that the old version was boring? Would it in any way magnify your irritation if this person was also skinnier and more handsome than you? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I love this, John. What a, what, a, what a preparation you did. Um, so somebody... Say to see somebody remade a movie, somebody half my age. <laughs> you overhear somebody, you overhear a young person talking yeah. about the, how the old one was boring, and you know that the remake, you've seen the remake, and it's shallow. Yeah. And what, he has a name like Brett. How would you feel? Brett? Brett. Or Brit. Because <laughs> if it's Brit, I'll probably punch him in the face. <laughs> or something like their name actually has like Leet Speak in it or something that makes it even more. <laughs> you know, honestly, man, I. It would bother me because, I mean, I would be protective of the original and I'd, I'd be insulted at this new movie, in my opinion, sucked. I mean, this is this is subjective. We talk about this is our opinions. But if but that's my point, though. If he saw it and he thought the remake was great, that's that's good. That's him. That That's what that kid, Brit, that motherfucker, will take <laughs> away from that new version of that film. And I'm honestly and genuinely honest right now. I would be fine with that. Because that's that's my idea behind why I think remakes are fine. If it worked for me and I found why I identify with the original and it gets remade 20 years later and this filmmaker sucked and I didn't like it, but somebody else did, there, I'm sure there's elements of that story that are still there that that, you know, that kid takes away. And I'm, I'm kind of for that. We don't have to agree. I'm not saying that remakes are going to be made where everyone's going to agree that it's either, that it's better than the original. That's never going to happen. And we right. will agree on that right now on yeah. the show. But I like the idea of somebody taking something that worked at some point and trying to add something new to it. Sometimes it will affect someone in a positive way, and it may affect me negatively. But at least they tried, and I'm fine with that. Okay. All right, Ronald, a rebuttal? That kid's a bitch. And normally... You can punch him in the face, too. You can punch him in the face. And and I don't know, like... Brett with a backwards three (laughs) instead of an E is is an asshole. I mean, there's a lot of things to take into account. Like, I guess some things are, like, technology-wise, you know, the things that he may be seeing in the remake, they couldn't have been able to reproduce then. But he doesn't have the perspective or the brain power to even consider these things. So I'm going to say that he's a jackass. That's it. All right. All right, Ronald. I've got another question for you. Okay. It's been said that there are no new ideas. Was the person who said that a dipshit? He was. He was. I think that there are lots of ideas that haven't been actually conceived and put in the film form that that we've seen at least. And I think that the the problem is with, with that style of thinking is that 
that's how formulaic movies kind of get made. This idea that like everything has to be very cookie cutter comes from the idea that you can't make anything else besides these formats for movies. That's why when you see something different, it blows people's minds when there's like a, a level of honesty and a dialogue that you may never have heard before. Or um, there's a level of like violence or lack thereof or just new types of stories. I think that can happen. I think there are new types of stories that you can come up with. There are original ideas. Completely original. Completely? I mean, yeah, I think there's some... I feel like I feel like we see the same space movie every five years. Okay. I feel like that can be done differently. Like, somebody has to be like, maybe we could do this instead of this, and that would make all the difference in the world. What's so. the last thing that you saw that you felt like was truly original? Completely original? Not to put you on the spot, right, but I'm right. curious. Oh, man, that's a, that's a hard thing to... For me to pull out of my ass right now. Well, let me. Can I give my my rebuttal real quick while he yeah, thinks sure. about that? Yeah. yeah I mean, I I almost agree with him. I think on that. Like, I think that I think that there are genuinely original ideas coming mm-hmm. out. I think that the comment that there are no new ideas or no original ideas. I think it's a little. I don't know. I I, I don't agree with it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that history. You know. If if you take anything away, it's that it's built off of something else a lot of times. Right. So you take the best parts of things and you can make it better even though it's like you know you're taking elements or you're combining ideas um that's that's most things that people love you know whether it's a film or a technology or a thought or a not whatever it is you know a lot of it you take what works and you make it better so that somebody might say that that's kind of like a remake i don't know yeah mm-hmm. but i mean i think that <laughs> i think that uh i think there, there are plenty of ways that, that you could look at something and say that it's original and not not have to scold it for borrowing an idea from something that you know came out ten years before. Because right. I mean, you're going to use what influenced you in your life, and that's that's not going to. I don't think you should be, um, you know, kind of looked down on that, like and saying, oh, well, that's from that's from Dawn of the Dead or whatever. Like, right. well, that's I, at a standard. You're gonna you're, that's going to influence your thought. That's going to influence your creativity. That that's just what happens. I think I can think of a completely original thing that I saw. I mean, well, I guess for. I don't know, man. Donnie Darko was one of the most original things I've ever seen. Hated or love it. I I had never seen anything like it before or after. And I've never spoken to anybody that's ever seen anything like it that's seen that movie. It's a really weird original story. It's very strange. So I don't know. I was thinking, I remember when when we were talking about Looper, yeah, one of, the thing, that, one of the things we commented on was the Loop. fact that it wasn't a sequel, it wasn't a remake, it I wasn't was a prequel. Oh man, so Looper. you know, it wasn't based on a comic book or anything. I feel like was... Looper's going to get remade <laughs> like ten years <laughs> yeah, from now. It, it was it was a good original idea. Therefore, <laughs> yeah, it, it will be, be stolen. Remake that bitch. Yeah, remake that bitch. Played by uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt the second. Mm. Yeah. Is, that, is that Junior? I think they call that Junior, don't they? <laughs> you can't just say the second. I'm sure you could. I don't think anybody would stop you. Okay, Junior. Mm. So, <laughs> so, got another question for you, Steve. Yeah, 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 yeah. There sure are a lot of remakes of horror movies. Mm. Why do you think that is? Ah, oh, man, I, I would say um, probably because the audience, I think, for horror films are a little more forgiving sometimes on, uh, I guess, on the actual subject of the film. You know, mm-hmm. I think that films that work in horror, um, usually those films aren't huge budgeted films, you know, unless it's some big studio one. So they're not made for as much. And I think it's a little easier to remake them. And 
I think the uh, attention deficit of the, the audience maybe is a little more forgiving in terms of a time frame. <coughs> you know, like films that maybe come out 10 years prior could be remade or rebooted or whatever you want to call them. And honestly, like a lot of times because of the turnaround on the budget, they're cash cows. And I think that, you know, that that influences a lot of studios, a lot of filmmakers, a lot of filmmakers in the mainstream, like sight horror films is like their life, their background, you know, their lifeblood is growing up. So I think that either they want to try to do their take on it or, um, you know, kind of just try their shot at, at remaking their favorite horror film. I mean, I, I like Dawn of the Dead, I mentioned, Let Me In. We A lot of the ones I threw out the Ronald are remakes. Like, yeah, I even love the Texas Chainsaw remake that, uh, you know, came out with Jessica Biel and I was I a like really big too. fan of that, you know. Um, well, two of us are wrong, though I wonder if maybe horror movie remakes are so much more acceptable because these are already series that are, this, these are the most likely to have eight, nine yeah. <laughs> movies in a series. And maybe the remake <coughs> in a horror movie series is like, it's a chance to, it's a chance to, to reset the continuity. So is, do you ever wonder what, what, uh, if you saw a good remake, do you ever wonder what those same filmmakers would do with original material or? I wonder that all the time. I do wonder that actually, that's a great point. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I'd have to really think about an example of someone that kind of started with that and got, to flex any kind of, you know, original muscle. Um, I don't know, Matthew Reeves, he's the, he did the Let Me In remake. Mm-hmm. And I know he has, uh, what he did, Cloverfield. And what does he have coming up now? Do you, do you know? I mean, I know something. He has something in the pipe. Yeah, he does. It does make me wonder. Mm-hmm. Yes, like what they could do with an original property. He's attached to Dawn on the Planet of the Apes. That's right. Oh, that sequel, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. It's a sequel. Which is interesting. Yeah. The sequel to a remake, or is is Rise of the Planet of the Apes a remake, or is it a re- oh yeah? Is it a reboot, or is it a is Dude, it a re adaptation? A lot of levels. <laughs> yeah, or is it's like it a, a bunch of stuff. Reboot, re, kind of remake, Re-imagine. prequel, yeah. remake. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's like a pre. Yeah, I, think I thought it was a cool is a, ass movie. Like I prequel make boot. I think it's a prequel make boot. So. Speaking of which, right? You guys saw a original, right? Yes. Right. You guys were waiting to talk about it. I guess now I talked about this thing a million times, and now you guys have to talk about it. What did you think about record? Did you ever see Let Me In? Uh, No. The hell is wrong with you? What do you do with your time besides watch porn? And right movies jokes. about porn. Yeah, I was about to say documentaries about porn. <laughs> you've run out of porn to watch. Porn. You've run out of porn to watch, right. and now you're actually you're actually watching movies about porn. <laughs> you're you're right. watching the cut scenes from porn. <laughs> yeah, like I wonder what happened to that actress after they yelled "cut." Yeah, like I wouldn't watch that. Did she of let ever? Me in. Did she ever get her face cleaned off? <laughs> <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> Boy, she had spirit that one. <laughs> well, um, she was spunky. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> oh, you took it there. <laughs> so nothing is sacred, is that right, Steve? Mm. Yeah, honestly, I mean, I'm I'm not opposed to it. I, I can't say it. I mean, I would never say that if I if I was a filmmaker in my wildest dreams, I would love to have been a filmmaker in some life. Mm-hmm. You know, I I would I would be disappointed and and. I don't know, like insult it maybe, you know, honestly, man, like if, if I had confidence in what, in my filmmaking or in my skill and I saw a property that I loved or that the audience loved or that somebody in this world loved in some way that's measurable and I wanted to put my take on it, if it was available and a studio would back it, I would be, I, I would want to give it a shot. Yeah. You know, I would want to, I would want to challenge myself with that. I think that's a big thing that I see it as is a challenge to improve it. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. 
but you never know that unless you try it. That's true. And I mean, you know, I do, I do encourage original content. I mean, I don't know ever in a top 10 list of the past five years, how many films in those lists I would say are remakes you know, that were my mm-hmm. favorite films of the year. Yeah. I mean, I would say Let Me In was on it, like, when it came out that year, because I love that that remake. Mm-hmm. Or maybe even Dawn of the Dead, but I keep referencing those. Having seen Record and not having seen Quarantine, I don't know about that transition, but I'm, I'm to understand that that you you feel like the Quarantine is quarantine not was a awful. good remake. It was, well, it was how horrific. does it differ? Like, okay, so... Um, or, or, like, what makes it so much worse, you know? Well, something about it, like... One of the things that I really don't like is... Uh, just randomly, every horror movie has an extremely ridiculous black person. Quarantine had an extremely ridiculous black Every movie person. podcast has one, too. Hey, right? But but not one that goes, oh, fuck, oh, fuck that. I'm going to shoot every dog, fuck that. That's you just so did. Weird. That's so weird. That was so meta. Why does that happen? That just happened. Why does that happen, man? The, the surprise element wasn't there for some reason. And it wasn't because I, I had seen it. Or it was like something about the way they set up the scenes just wasn't as quite as daunting and it just wasn't it's just like oh okay i know that what's gonna happen mm-hmm. uh so it's cool. just a lifeless it's a lifeless version of it, of it yeah um, which is like it's a worst case scenario yeah right me. i'd rather them just do something totally different and mm-hmm. then you know a reimagining like the basic outline of it and then just you know destroy it that way i hate when they follow it Point by point, and it's it's, it's awful. Like Psycho, Psycho. Yeah. Psycho. Yeah. Psycho was like frame for frame. Well, for Psycho was almost an interesting experiment because it was literally like a shot for shot remake, yeah. and that's like you could almost view that as like you could almost understand that artistic decision. Mm-hmm. I mean, even though I don't think it resulted in a good film, right. I do think you could say. I understand the idea of someone saying, all right, I'm going to go back to the storyboards of a master and I'm going to follow in their footsteps and mm. make it now. I think that, you know, that, but again, maybe that's such an academic experiment. Like we didn't really need to have to pay no, to see that. Not it was at all. rather pointless in the end. Yeah. The, the reputation of Psycho hasn't really been harmed no, in no, any way. I mean, if anything, like if it sucks, it almost really, like, damn, the movie, the original yeah, was that original much better. Was it goes like, is it, is it the protective nature of it versus are you just trying to, it, it, uh, encourage just go original instead. Go original. I mean, it's, it's know, I more, guess that's the two things I can see, but I don't really go, have an issue with either. It's yeah. more go original, and it, there's so many. I think it's the volume of it in in American cinema. That's what it is. It's when like, you see how many there are, yeah, like especially when you're watching year. like trailers before a movie, and like three out of seven right. trailers, which is already a problem, will be <clears> for remakes. Yeah, and, well, it, and, and this is something else to think about. Like when we're talking about movies, I would say like you were kind of going to get into. Uh, like what would you say are some of like the better remakes mm-hmm. that you've seen? I mean, some of the things that came to mind when I was preparing for this are like movies that are actually remake. Like the remake that I'm going to say is one of my favorite remakes is a, you know, the film that it was remade from mm-hmm. maybe wasn't as well admired as it was. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I guess that's the idea you go with, but like thinking of films like Scarface, the thing, mm-hmm, uh, yeah. 12 monkeys, invasions of the body snatchers, all movies that I think are widely, Critically acclaimed, you know, commercially successful movies that people like. Mm-hmm. What about you Mr. Know? Deeds? That's probably not going to be in my conversation. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say that don't throw it into the column he was trying to create because I think that you, Steve, you you did. That is a good point because, uh, like, Invasion of the Body Snatchers is like a, a an example of a, a a great movie that was remade as a great movie. Yeah, you know, Thing from Another World, great movie for its time. John Carpenter's The Thing, great movie for its time. The Dawn of the Dead movies we've already talked about. 
The Thing remake. What? Wow. Are you talking about the, the see, sequel? See, th- this is where we're going. Oh. Like, I'm talking about John Carpenter. You're John Carpenter's movie, which is a remake of Thing from Another World. Right. Okay. See, things that you don't even, you're not even aware of that film. And I'll be yeah. honest, yeah, I yeah. never was when I saw right. it. Yeah. I, no, don't, I, mean, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think anyone, I don't think there's going to be any stopping of the flow of, of remakes. Absolutely not. Because I mean, what they see is that there's a recognizable property that absolutely. name, that name creates an opening weekend. Well, they I'm, have more to gain than lose by going for it. So, the end of phase one of the great remake debate, I'm beginning to think maybe there shouldn't be a phase two because the resolution of this mm. is that it's inconclusive. Uh, no, I don't think I anybody think was convinced. I, I think, I think, I think there's sure a, this is a conclusion. Uh, there's, there's a certain amount of agreement. Uh, Steve's a bitch, and I'm right. And I win this debate. Is that what happened? <laughs> that means the debate's over. <laughs> what if real debates are like that, like political debates? Well, he's a bitch, and I don't believe in his policy. He's a he's a whore. And if Bob Schieffer <laughs> plays that, you know it's time to stop debating. But yeah, that was, I, that's, that was I was trying I was trying to do a Bob Schieffer thing tonight. I hope you guys appreciate it. It went really well. Like yeah. this debate was, I thought it was just going to be one sided, and he would he would. Well, be, I think in my eyes it actually was one sided. <laughs> no, that that fact, you know, that you no. agreed with me on every you, remake. You know I said that there's a bunch of really bad ones, and they shouldn't exist. I, I agree with that. Oh, man, that's... Shouldn't exist, no. Should Steve, it, or bad, yes. Steve is saying he doesn't lose sleep over the existence of these bad movies, and oh, I think, God. Ronald, I it's, it's, it's in your character, yes, to be more I to be more sleep. upset by them. <laughs> <laughs> Take it personal. Visibly angry. <laughs> that's X's over my eyes like an anime movie, and I just faint. Should I just this. assume that your lack of uh, enthusiasm for episode 53 was due to a remake, <laughs> a bad remake? <laughs> <laughs> oh, bad remake. Oh, God. <laughs> Definitely. I watched The Amazing Spider-Man again. <laughs> this has made me feel shitty. <laughs> it's messed with my health. All right. Uh, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Maybe there only really is one episode. Right. Man. <laughs> that, that just happened. I'm glad we had it. Maybe we can have like little one-offs on when these remakes come out. We can right. revisit our thoughts on them. But <laughs> right. Maybe that's a one-and-done kind of conversation. Yeah. All right, guys. I think we need to wrap this up. Yeah. Yep. yep. <laughs> Never had more lulls. I know, man. Like we all I think we're all kind of looking at each other. It's like the it's like the card game in Inglorious Bastards. Right. Yeah, poker face. Oh God. Thanks guys for listening. Thank, thank you, you, Ronald, for your thoughts that changed nothing in my opinion of remakes. Oh, okay. Um thank you, John, for your wonderful uh mediation of that I, I enjoyed that. Great remake debate. Um, it was you it was sloppy, unfocused, <laughs> and inconclusive. Much just like, like Ronald's <laughs> favorite porn. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> big Brazil, Brazilian booties part two. There you go. <laughs> yeah, very very big and sloppy. Probably be remade one day. <laughs> right. <laughs> be your new favorite porn. Thank you guys for listening. Hit us up moviesmovie dot net. Uh, we gotta get John up in there writing some stuff. Eventually mm-hmm. he will be. Moviesmovie at gmail dot com. What else? Facebook. You know, just hit us up wherever we always talk about. Pinterest. We're there. Just look to the internet. And look you'll, to you'll the, see us the there. web of the world. Yeah. And uh, subscribe to the iTunes podcast. That's really what we want you to do, if anything. If one thing, just subscribe or share it. Either one is fine. Yeah, do all of that. And if you listen and you like, be public. Go public with your feelings about Movie Schmovie. If you like it. Yeah. Otherwise, shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> yeah, keep it quiet. Yeah, keep it on the down low. Track you down. Checks in the mail. We will hurt you. <laughs> will find you i was i was i was offering to pay people <laughs> and now you're threatening and now ronald is kind of mixed, messing up mixed emotions right now right. liam neeson man he, <laughs> he is a man yeah you're right <laughs> 
He is a man. <laughs> thank you for your great insights, Rob. And on that note, thank you so much for listening. You have made our day. Bye. <laughs> Liam Neeson, man. <laughs>